Damo, can you believe Christmas is almost here? Thank God for Well and You, Bretto. If you're looking for inspirational gifts for your friends, family or colleagues, then Well and You have you covered. Why not give away The Jom, the iconic journal of me, which has taken the world by storm to help your loved ones create an incredible 2016. Or the beautiful coffee table book INQ, The Inspirational Quotient. This stunning, full-colour coffee table book with inspiring quotes and images is the perfect Christmas gift. To see the full range of Christmas ideas, simply go to www.wellandyou.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by one of my new favourite cookbook authors. Um, She's a San Diego native who loves food with an insane passion. She's been known to drink almond milk straight from the carton, and I thought quite hilariously, expensive wine out of plastic red cups. Her favourite meal is and has always been dessert, and once you get a look at this cookbook she's created, you'll understand why. Um, Welcome to the show, Vanessa Barajas. Hey guys, how's it going, Brett? Hey, so good to have you on board. I am so excited about this podcast because you sent me a copy of your cookbook and I'm I'm not a great chef, but I've made a couple of things from your cookbook and uh, and they turned out pretty darn well. So I know I and my kids and pretty much everyone around me was very excited about the paleo donuts that were in your cookbook and uh, they're just unbelievable. So I'm looking forward to chatting to you and finding out more insights into how we can do dessert even better, Vanessa. Awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. I always like to hear that because you never know what recipes are going to go over well with people and what aren't. And then I don't have kids either. So I was so happy to find out that the book is so kid friendly. Like that was awesome. I've seen tons of pictures over social media of people's um, people like all the kids are in the kitchen and they're making the donuts, they're making cupcakes. And so it's really cool. I'm glad that like I can kind of help bring families together. (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm ridiculously excited about the donuts, and that's literally one of the only recipes we've cooked from the cookbook so far, but, but I have caught them flicking through the pages, eyeing off others as well, so no doubt the request will be coming forth quick and fast over the next few weeks and months for me to make plenty more of them as well, I reckon, particularly leading up to Christmas and New Year and you know school holidays time. I think that book's going to get a bit of a run in my household, I reckon. Yeah, let me know if you need any suggestions. I've got tons of uh, holiday recipes in there because I'm a huge holiday person. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to to share my favorites with you too. Nice, that sounds good. We might touch on that a little bit later. So, Vanessa, um, obviously you've had your own you know journey of of health and and getting to this you know this clean eating mindset that you've now got. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, where did you start out on this whole clean eating journey? Sure. So it actually started, I don't know if you guys have this in Australia, but here in the US, we have something called a Groupon, which, okay, you guys have Groupon? We do, yeah. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So it actually all started out with a Groupon, which I think is really funny because don't let anyone ever tell you that a Groupon can't change your life because (laughs) it totally changed mine. So I actually just, I bought a Groupon to try out a CrossFit gym in uh, my neighborhood and I went and checked it out and I was super intimidated at first. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I drove by and there were people flipping tires and lefting huge barbells over their head and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, but I gave it a whirl and I ended up loving it. 
And I wanted to get better at my workouts. And one of the key things was uh, your food, right? Uh, My coach kind of told me like, hey, basically the food that you're putting in your body, that's your fuel. That's what's going to power your workouts. It's going to help you get better and stronger and you're just going to perform better. And at the time I was totally the lean cuisine queen. I would just, if I could microwave it, that I'd eat it. Um, loved Diet Coke. Um, I just kind of had a crappy diet. I always kind of had that, the cheat day on Saturday. I'd be like, oh, okay, well it's Saturday. So I'm just going to go eat whatever crappy food I want. And, um, so, you know, through CrossFit, they all recommend the paleo diet. They're like, you know, a lot of athletes have success with this. It's basically removing all that processed food and crap out of your diet and just eating real food. And, um, so it just so happened around that same time they were having a 30 day paleo challenge and, um, they were like, you know what, you should sign up for this paleo challenge. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. I remember I Googled what you could and couldn't eat on the paleo (laughs) diet and, I started laughing and like immediately X'd out of the browser. I was like, no, no way. That's so not happening. What was what was the food on the you cannot eat list that uh, that rang the alarm bells for you, Vanessa? What was your favorite that you were worried about? I think it was dairy, oddly enough, because looking back, you would think that it would be bread because I think that's everybody's <laughs> yeah. biggest thing. It's like the gluten and the grains. But for me, it was dairy because... I loved, I was like, loved yogurt. I loved even like frozen yogurt and ice cream and cheese and cream in my coffee and just kind of running through that laundry list in my head of all the things that contain dairy that I wasn't going to have again. Like that was kind of my panic, that one. And then oddly enough, peanut butter. When I found out (laughs) I could have peanut butter, I was like, no, I can't. I have to have peanut butter, which I'll just let you guys know. I do still eat peanut butter. That's like my one thing where I'm just like, you know what? screw it. I have to have peanut butter. It's just delicious. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I, I Googled that and then, you know, it was like one of those things where I kept coming back to it. You know, if there's like that pair of shoes or something online that you really want to buy, but you can't afford Mm -hmm. and you keep just going back and looking at it. Um, so I kept, I kept looking at it and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. Like it's 30 days. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm just going to do it. And so I signed up and I did it. And it was so hard at first. I remember the first two weeks was, it was totally like a detox. It felt like I was detoxing from drugs or something like that. It was just, I was really grumpy. Um, I was, I was super irritable. I couldn't sleep well. Um, I just remember kind of being in this foggy haze and I was just completely miserable. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I was like, you know what? It's just, I'm going to take it a day at a time. I'm going to power through this. And I would say it was probably about day 12 or so. Um, I remember I woke up that morning and I got out of bed and I was like, oh my gosh, like what, what is this? Like, I feel like I just woke up in a new body. Like I had gotten the most restful sleep that I'd ever had. Um, I just felt like so much energy. I didn't have that grogginess when I woke up. And I actually talk about it a little bit in my book. I kind of equate it to when Dorothy landed in Oz and everything was black and white, and then she just opens that door, and the whole world's in color. Like, that's exactly what it felt like. And so I was like, this is crazy. I had so much energy. My workouts were were crazy. I was progressing in CrossFit. Um, my moods had improved. I just all around felt like what I assume a normal person should feel like, and I had never experienced that before. So it was really eye-opening to me, and I, I had no idea. It sounds really stupid to say this now, but I had no idea that food could impact you that much. Like, I, I never put two and two together. I mean, now it's, it just makes total sense. But at the time, 
I didn't realize how much food affected like your entire life and well-being. So um, I finished my 30-day challenge. And after that, I was like, you know what? I just, I can't go back to eating how I ate before. Like, there's no way. I mean, it's just like I'm a whole new world now. Um, so I decided to just transform into a paleo lifestyle. And, um, one of the things I think that was the hardest for me was the no desserts because I've always had such an uncommon sweet tooth my entire life. Um, like I was one of those kids where I I could easily polish off a bag of Oreos. You know, you'd have those friends who were like, oh, I can only eat one cookie and be fine. And I was like, what? One (laughs) cookie? No way. Um, so I... You know, I would say probably about three or four months into my uh, start of my paleo lifestyle, I was like, okay, like I'm ready to kind of introduce um, sweets back into my diet, like in moderation, you know, I don't want to go overboard, but I still want them to be paleo because I don't want to go back to eating what I ate before. Like I just, I know that I'm going to feel like crap. So um, that's kind of when I started doing research online and seeing what was out there and I made a couple paleo recipes um, that I had found. I remember one in particular, um, I talk about this in the book too, was uh, it was a pumpkin muffin recipe because it was around this time, it was around fall, October and pumpkin's huge here. So um, I made these muffins and they were like the worst muffins I've ever eaten in my life. (laughs) (laughs) They were awful. Um, They were just super hard and dry. I don't even know if technically you can call it a muffin. They were awful. And I remember... Um, thinking, you know what, this can't be it. Like this can't be all that there is to offer. And it was kind of at that point when I thought, you know what, I'm going to start making my own paleo desserts. Like I have, I have no baking experience, no cooking experience. I have no idea what I'm doing in the kitchen, but you know, my, my need for desserts was pretty fierce. So (laughs) I was like, I'll figure it out. Um, so I just kind of went in there and uh, a couple of my friends were like, wow, you know, I we see all your pictures on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, have you ever thought about starting a blog? And I was like, you know what? I haven't, but I actually really like that idea. Like, you know, anything, everything aside, if nothing ever happens with the blog, like at least I have an online kind of resource of all my personal recipes that I've liked and tried and <laughs> it's just easily accessible. Right. Um, And I ended up loving blogging. I ended up uh, loving photography and food photography. And I talk about this in the book, too, that um, I've always known that I wanted to pursue a career in photography. Um, I just didn't know how I wanted to do that. And it seems only natural to, like, put my two loves in life together, food slash dessert and photography. And it just something just clicked. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Nice. I love that. And I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful that there's people like you out there who've done that, who've actually gone and made these recipes because I can't do that. I, you know, I'm so fortunate nowadays that there's this thing called Google and I can be in my kitchen and I can Google and find someone else's recipe because I have no idea how to make a recipe from scratch. So I'm so impressed that you've been able to do that and not only do it but make amazing recipes that you take great photos of and you know make a whole book out of it. It, it does make my life so much easier. So thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things you mentioned there, and I thought that might be a good spot to start, is just that you had no idea how much food could impact your health. And, you know, I think for many of us now who are a bit further on on our journey, we sort of look at that and think, wow, that's amazing that you could not realize that connection. But 
the reality is that so many people in our society don't realize that connection. In fact, many people in our society will go and see a health practitioner and be told that food has nothing to do with it for all sorts of different conditions, some of which are very, very much food-related, some of which are at least a little bit food-related. Um, you know, do you think that's a big issue in our society, that we just don't get that connection between what we eat and how our health goes? I absolutely do. Um, just because I have close friends that have had that same experience where, you know, they go to the doctor, they're complaining about symptoms, and they're telling me this, and I'm like, oh, well, try try taking gluten out of your diet, try taking dairy. Like, my first um, kind of go-to now is what foods are you eating because let's start by removing those, you know? And I think that um, just doctors in general, I feel like now they're starting to get a little better. Like there's the whole, you know, kind of celiac movement that's going on. So I think that they are kind of realizing that food can impact your health and maybe that's what's going on. So at <clears throat> least they're testing for it now. Um, but it's still hard to get those tests. Um, it's hard to get accurate results from them. And then if you show up negative for gluten intolerance or whatever, they're just quick to dismiss you and say, okay, well, that's not it. When you yourself kind of know, well, no, like I know that I have this reaction when I eat gluten. So that can be a little frustrating. Um, I also have friends, I think, just in my normal life that will complain to me about symptoms like IBS or from any headaches, like migraines, depression, um, really bad PMS. And I'm like, you know, like you can really help yourself out by just taking certain things out of your diet. And I think that even with that knowledge, they don't want to because yeah. they've never they've never been on that other side of it where you're like, no, but don't you realize like you're not going to have to worry about that anymore. Like it's such a to me, it's such a simple thing just taking that out of your diet. But I understand that for some people, it's not that easy and they don't want to. They're like, you know what, I would rather just live with these symptoms and be able to eat what I want to eat. And if that's the, that's their personal choice, then I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah. um, you know, I think it would be great if, if it was just there was like a better system for it. I know that some countries are really good about testing early on for kind of gluten intolerance and dairy intolerance and stuff like that. Um, but I also think it's just hard to pinpoint like myself. Um, like I said, you know, I love dairy and um, I actually get really bad seasonal allergy symptoms when I eat dairy. And that was something that I didn't figure out that I've had like my whole life. And I didn't figure that out until I started paleo. And then I was like, oh, every time I eat dairy, I get really stuffy and I have sneezing attacks and I have to take Claritin or my nose spray. So for me, it's not, it's not worth it. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to eat cheese and then, you know, you kind of suffer the consequences. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean that I feel like allergy symptoms are way different than IBS. So, I mean, yeah. Well, and I think that comes back to something you mentioned before, where you said that once you started getting healthier, once you started changing your diet, you realized that you all of a sudden felt like, quote unquote, a normal person. And, and I think a big part of this is that we don't realize what normal is. Um, you know, many of these symptoms we're talking about are just so common in our society and, and many people have just had them for so long that they just think of that as normal and, and they find it hard to almost grasp the concept that there could be something else out there, that, that, that their health could be so drastically different. And I think a lot of the time if they, kind of, if they knew what you know about how much better they would feel and how much it would just change their life to make those changes, then they probably would feel more inspired and motivated to make those changes. But I think you know, in our current society, a lot of the time we don't know how much better we can be. We don't know how good it feels to feel better and how it impacts so much other stuff in your life. And as I said before, we often get conflicting messages where people tell us that, well, it's actually not going to make that much difference. So, you know, sometimes I think that impacts on people's motivation as well, don't you think? 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if, if, if you're going to the doctor and they keep running tests and they can't figure it out and they keep telling you food has nothing to do with it, then, I mean, I actually have a good friend who was, she was going to the doctor. Um, I think she has Crohn's, I want to say, and she kept going to the doctor and she's like, I'm sick, I'm sick. And they're like, okay, well, let's run more tests. And she's like, well, what if I try um, changing my diet? Will that help? And and the, each time they were like, no, not at all. Yeah. And so she actually took matters into her own hands. And she was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to omit gluten and I'm going to try to omit grains and see how I feel. And within days, she was already feeling better. Yeah. So I think getting that information out there is important because sometimes you just kind of have to take those matters into your own hands. Yeah, and I've had friends have that exact same experience as well. So, you know, and, and once again, it's one of those things we need to express that, it, you know, it's not a paleo diet, it's not a cure for any of these conditions, but, you know, your body just tends to deal better with these things when you feed it the right fuel. It's got a better chance to heal and a better chance to recover. And, and certainly anecdotally, as you said, you do hear lots of these stories. So um, you mentioned uh, CrossFit. Um, how, tell us a bit about your introduction to CrossFit and you know what that was like. You're, I'm not sure what your fitness base was prior to heading to CrossFit, but I'd love to hear a bit about your experience when you first went there. Yeah, so before that, I kind of just did classes uh, at 24 Hour Fitness, which is just kind of like a general gym. Um, and when I first started CrossFit, I hated it because you get really dirty, <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to work out <laughs> dirty, gross. That's so um, paleo of you. Yeah, I know, right? So um, I'm like, I have cute workout clothes and stuff. I can't get dirty. <laughs> uh, but that quickly went away just because I had, you know, when, once you kind of progress and you get all the movements down and you really realize that it is you against you, I think that was, was such a huge factor for me um, because it was competitive in a way that was against yourself. I've never been one of those people that's good in competitions against other people, like running, or I'm, I'm just not a like naturally athletic person, so I was never good at that. So being able to just kind of compete against myself, um, I loved that. And then also just being able to do things that I never thought I'd be able to do, like a pull-up, or, um, you know, it got to the point where I'm, I'm super weak now because I haven't done CrossFit in a long time, but it got to the point where, you know, I could back squat more than my body weight, and... I could deadlift hundreds of pounds, you know, it was just, I was in awe that my body could actually do these things. And I had no idea that that was even possible. So I think um, that was kind of my favorite part. And it was just a good growing experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a a lot of friends that I still keep in touch with to this day that are really close to me. Um, And just, there was a lot of kind of fears that I think you have to conquer in CrossFit. And then somehow that just translates into real life too. Cause you're like, okay, well I did a 20 inch box jump today, so I can totally tackle this huge project at work because I mean, that's Kate compared to that 20 inch box jump. I remember when I first was uh, learning how to do box jumps, I would have to like hold on to uh, a friend while I did my jump. Cause I was so scared that I was just going to eat it on the box jump. So uh, still to this day, they make fun of me about that, but <laughs> But um, that was kind of my experience with it. And I, I mean, I loved it. And I, I was so insanely passionate about it. I was totally one of those annoying CrossFit people where all I talked about was CrossFit. It was CrossFit everything. Um, and then just kind of ran its course. I still, I actually just got back from book tour. And on book tour, um, I went and did a CrossFit workout for the first time in probably two years. And uh, I was kind of not looking forward to it but in the middle of it I was like oh yeah I remember this I remember this burn <laughs> this is what I loved 
So I think it's, um, I just think it's a great way to challenge yourself. And a lot of workouts out there don't really have that um, element to it. So I think that was always kind of one of my favorite things about it. Nice. Well, I'm with you, Vanessa. I hate it when my cute workout clothes get dirty. So, you know, I completely understand where you're coming from there. So, um, but CrossFit can be great and it's, it's got some great benefits, as you said. And I'm curious to hear from you how doing that CrossFit, how did that change the way you thought about your body? You know, just in terms of you, I hear you as you're saying those things about, you know, being able to pull up, being able to squat, being able to deadlift, you know, how did that change the way you thought about the capabilities of your body particularly? Well, I, liked thinking um that my body was really strong like there were things that I couldn't do before I started CrossFit like this sounds really stupid but lifting the cat litter was really hard when I would go to the store and buy cat litter and then have to put it in my car like that was always a struggle and then I remember when I was doing CrossFit it was um I'm like oh I can I could lift two of these at a time now so I liked the kind of whole functional fitness aspect of it that kind of would relate to your life And still to this day, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I know how to lift something that's heavy. So that translates kind of to today as well. So um, I think I just liked knowing that about my body that I could, I was capable. I wasn't that weak person. Like if I had to move something or pick something up, I didn't have to go get somebody else to do it for me. And I liked um, feeling like that. Yeah. And did it change the way you thought about your body in terms of its ability to adapt and to heal and to improve? I mean, did it make you think more about, I guess, what you do in terms of your lifestyle and how that could change the end result? Um, you know, when I first started CrossFit, it was kind of more for aesthetics. I was going because I wanted to have that really nice toned athletic look. And um, I'd heard so much about CrossFit that I was like, oh, this is the way to do it. So that was kind of my whole goal. Um, It wasn't really so much about what I can do and what I can't do with my body. But I think that was the end result that I took away from it. I wasn't originally looking for that, but that's what I ended up getting out of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's great. And I think it's one of the great benefits you can get from challenging yourself like that, regardless of what it is, whether it's doing CrossFit, whether it's jumping out an airplane, whether it's, you know, whatever it is you do, you know, when you, when you sort of push those boundaries a little bit, you sort of discover that, you know, you can do more and that, you know, that you can change things, that things aren't as static as perhaps you originally thought they were. You know, we're often, as I said, just told that that's just the way it is. You just have to accept that your diet's not going to change it. Your exercise isn't going to change it. But often once we start doing those things, I think we realize that, that there's more, there's more possibilities there than we thought. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said then that your your goal when you started changing your food was really initially all about performance. So what did you notice when you started doing your, your exercise and I guess in your daily life as well, when you started making those changes, um, you know, were there tangible differences in terms of your exercise? Were there, you know, were there tangible differences? Obviously, you spoke about some of the differences in terms of your life and energy and those sort of things. You know, what else did you notice? Um, yeah, definitely. I noticed with the workouts, um, I cut my Fran time by three minutes in that 30 days. So that so was tell, a huge... So tell people who don't do CrossFit what Fran is. Yeah. Okay. So Fran is basically a benchmark workout, which sucks. It's just kind of known as the worst CrossFit workout you could ever do of all time. Um, so it's 21, 15, nine reps of pull-ups and thrusters, um, And so, yeah, I ended up cutting my time by three minutes in that month, which felt really great. I just felt faster. I felt lighter. I felt like I had more energy. I could go longer. 
um, and I could do higher intensity without burning out. Um, as far as other aspects of my life, I think the biggest thing I noticed was sleep. Um, I never realized that I was, you know, waking up in the middle of the night or tossing and turning. I never thought about that before. But when um, I started eating paleo, it was just the deepest sleep you can ever imagine, like where I would wake up from it and be like, oh, my gosh, I feel so rested. I think that was a huge thing for me. And then just overall um, kind of mood balance. I remember always being just I would get irritated really easily, um, just at little things at work or in my personal life. I just uh, just kind of be like, oh, that's irritating. Um, and I just feel my moods really leveled out. Um, I didn't have that. And for all the ladies out there, you know, when it's uh, when Aunt Flo comes a knock in, you know, you just you you can handle that a lot better. Um, you're not as emotional. You're not as moody. Um, it just overall felt so much better. And then I think for me too, the whole energy aspect of it, it was just being able to get through the day and not have that three o'clock slump where you're like, Oh, I still have two more hours. I need coffee. I need chocolate. I need something to wake me up because I'm so exhausted. It was just powering through having all that energy with a smile on my face and just really kind of feeling my body for the first time, which had never happened before. Nice. So you've spoken numerous times already about how much you love desserts. And obviously, when you first started on this journey, it sounded like sounds like you, you cut out desserts quite a bit to start with. So tell us a bit about that. How did you go not having those desserts and not having, I guess, options that were, by the sound of it, palatable, but also, you know, what you were used to for a dessert? So I think at first with the 30-day challenge, um, it was hard at first, but it was also like I was kind of detoxing off of everything else, like gluten and grains, and then it was sugar and alcohol. So it was kind of all in one. Um, And it was great because sugar is one of those kind of evil things where once you get it out of your body for long enough, um, usually with myself, it's about two weeks, then I don't ever crave it anymore. It's like, oh, chocolate sounds good, but you know, I don't have to have it. Whereas before it's like, I have to have chocolate or I'm going to die. So, uh, you know, like your cravings are just, they're, they're lessened and you're not thinking, well, in my case, I'm like thinking about it constantly, but, um, so it was nice to just not have to crave it or rely on it. Um, and what I do these days is because I did decide, um, you know, and I think it's a personal choice for everybody, but for me, dessert is, it's a treat, it's an indulgence. And I I just think that part of a healthy lifestyle too, is actually enjoying life and, for me, that's enjoying dessert. Um, so kind of what I do, um, and I think I cover this in the book too, is I kind of have a, a when in Rome kind of method and then a special occasion method. And that's kind of how I um, keep my <laughs> dessert consumption in, in control. And, you know, I mean, everybody would love to eat dessert with reckless abandon, but um, that's not realistic, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> um, so for me personally, what works is, you know, if I'm the one in Rome, if I'm in a new city and I really want to try their restaurant um, that, you know, they're famous for, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go have that. Or if there's a dish that maybe they're really famous for, like I was just in Chicago and, you know, they're known for their deep dish pizza, then, you know, I might try a bite. And if it's not the best thing that I've ever had in my life, then I know that I don't need to finish it, but at least I know that I've tried it and I didn't miss that opportunity and I won't have to regret it again. So I same thing if I ever, yeah, like went to France and you know, maybe I'm going to eat a baguette or something that France is known for. And, you know, at least to say that I tried it. And if I love it, then I'll finish the whole thing. And if it's just okay, then I don't have to. 
I love um, that, and I agree one hundred percent. I think that's awesome, Vanessa. And then the other one um, is in moderation. So, or you know, the the on occasion. So, if it's a special holiday, um, Christmas is a big holiday in my house. Um, if it's my birthday or my anniversary, like those are all kind of, um, I think in moderation enough to go ahead and just enjoy what I want to eat, um, for that occasion, whether it's dinner or if it's a special birthday brunch, whatever. And then I'm kind of like, okay, like today I'm just going to eat what I want. And then tomorrow it's just like any other day. So that's kind of how I do. I'm glad to hear that you kind of like are on the same page with that. I think it's excellent. I think it's excellent. And so when you get to those special occasions, do you still try and look for, you know, a paleo version? Like, so for example, you know, I guess Thanksgiving is probably coming up soon for you guys. You know, do yeah. do you then think, well, okay, I'm going to do a pumpkin pie, but I'm going to try like a, a slightly paleo version of the pumpkin pie? Or do you just go, hey, it's Thanksgiving, I'm just going to have whatever I want? No, that's a great question. I always keep it um, as much as I can 100% gluten-free because gluten's what um, that with dairy, those are kind of the two things that aggravate um, my symptoms the most. So what I do is I definitely um, paleoize it. So in my book, I have like an awesome um, pumpkin pie recipe because I love pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving and I got it as close to the real thing as you can get. I mean, if, I feel like if you served it to somebody that didn't know, they'd have no idea that it didn't have gluten and it didn't have refined sugar in it and it didn't have all these other additives. So um, I definitely, like that was kind of one of the main premise, premises behind my book was I want these desserts to taste as close to the real thing as possible so that I'm fine just eating those and that I don't ever have to go back to the real thing or feel like I'm being deprived because I have these options. And they're always close enough to the real thing that I feel satisfied and I don't feel like I need to go eat the real thing. And then I don't feel like crap too. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. And that was something that I wanted other people to be able to have too. And not even necessarily paleo people, but people that can't eat gluten because they have Crohn's or they have celiac, but they still want those same desserts that they remember, you know, over the holidays, like the pumpkin pie and like all the other goodies, you know, they still want birthday cake and they still want real brownies, that type of thing. So um, that was kind of the whole idea behind it too. And, you know, as a parent, that's one of the things I love about your book because, you know, we don't want our kids to miss out. You know, we don't want them to miss out on the joy of, of having all of these things and and you don't want them to feel guilty about eating things or, you know, whatever it happens to be. You don't want them to, to feel those sort of emotions around food. And so I love being able to give my kids the choice. And I'll say to my kids, look, you know, we're at a party. Perhaps I'll say, look, you can have those donuts, but those donuts might make you feel not so good. I said, what about if we just wait until we get home and I'll make these donuts from this amazing new cookbook I just got sent. And, you know, and you will not only get to enjoy the donuts, they're going to taste great. You're going to love them. We have just as much fun, but you'll also feel better afterwards. And I can say, well, what do you want to do? And they say, well, actually, we'd like to have the donuts that taste great and make us feel good rather than the donuts that taste great and make us feel lousy. And I love being able to give my kids that choice and knowing, like I said, the recipes, as you said, the, the donuts that you have in your cookbook are as good as any donuts I've had. They were fantastic. So um, they they were just like, I was like, yeah, I I was exactly like you said. I could never imagine needing anything else or wanting anything else. Like, why would I cook the other donuts when these are just as good but healthier? So I think that's fantastic. So this is an amazing cookbook. Uh, It is called Clean Eating with a Dirty Mind, which is just a fantastic name. I love it. As soon as I saw the label, I was like, oh, that's a book for me. I love that. That's fantastic. So what's your favorite recipe from the book, Vanessa? 
So my favorite dessert of all time is molten chocolate lava cake because there's just something about dipping your spoon into that cake and seeing that chocolate just kind of ooze everywhere. Um, So I actually recreated a a molten chocolate lava cake for the book, and it's fantastic. You you would never know. It's one of those other ones you would never know um, that it doesn't have gluten in it. Um, It's absolutely delicious. I think that would be probably my favorite I also really recommend that everybody try the brownie recipe in my book because I was so excited. Um, I made these brownies and they have that nice kind of crackle and sheen on the top of them, just like real brownies have. And I, I've never seen paleo brownies that have that before. So I'm also, I'm such a visual person that, you know, it's like we eat with our eyes first. So I need my dessert to look like real dessert looks. And I was so excited to have those and they taste phenomenal and I've been getting so much feedback um, through my blog and through social media about people making these brownies and they're just head over heels for them. So that's definitely another one I recommend. And I also do have savory recipes in the book as well. Um, A couple in the front um, that are just kind of ones that are, they kind of rotate through my household. They're kind of fan favorites. Um, But so out of those, I would say my favorite is probably the Cajun biscuits and gravy. That's an awesome recipe. Um, so yeah, try that one too. You know know how, like when you're looking, you're thinking of buying a BMW, you go out in the street and all you see is BMWs. Well, I had no idea there were savory recipes in your book. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't see any of them. (laughs) I was like looking for the desserts. Obviously I didn't even know they were there. Straight to the back. Yeah. Yeah. I think I say I have like 15, maybe 15 to 20. I don't know the actual count, but of actual savory recipes, plus a couple kind of sauces that are important that everyone should kind of have in their arsenal like like a paleo mayonnaise um pesto just kind of basic stuff like that you know what was really good the strawberry sauce i had i made that to make the topping for some of the donuts and i had strawberry Mm -hmm. sauce left over and so the next morning i put the strawberry sauce on my paleo pancakes and that was so good so good sounds so good (laughs) i'm just like gonna have to clean up the drool off of my microphone for a second here so i can finish (laughs) off this episode but for people who want to find out more they can head to your website which is clean eating with a dirty mind.com you can find vanessa on social media so on facebook is clean eating with a dirty mind on instagram she is vanessa barajas and that is with a j Um, and on twitter is clean dirty eats so um obviously you can check out her book which is clean eating with a dirty mind is the best spot to get that from your website vanessa yeah, you can find there's links to it on my website. Amazon's always great. And then um, lo- check your local bookstore too. Um, if they don't have it, you can always ask for it. Perfect. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Vanessa. It was a pleasure having you on board. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brett. I loved it. Good fun. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.